0: Podcast, CBS Sports Daily, and Podcast. I'm, I'm your host. It is Wednesday, September 19th, and it's Wednesday in a September in the middle of football season. Which means it's time for our Brady Quinn football show. to the club. Club Quinn. No,
1: it probably, I probably I'm more like club guy, more of a. uh you know, Irish bar, dive bar
0: type guy. Yeah, yeah, me too. I hate, I hate clubs. I just kind I of stay in there. Yeah, I like. At to- what
1: age? At what age does that start for you? Because I feel like when I hit like thirty, Zero. I was like, oh <laughs> I god. I don't think I, I just can't. Like really?
0: Never. Huh. I think
1: at, at one point it was like, all right, it's kind of fun. You know, you go with your boys. You know, depending on you know, if you're single, or you're taking your lady or whatever. You know, what I mean, that used to be fun, and then you like hit a point where you're like. I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't really so, want this or need this anymore.
0: I would guess that um, I went to school and like, I didn't go to clubs. I didn't go to like clubs in high school. Nobody did. Right. I mean, and then well, maybe, maybe you did. I didn't. Uh, and then in uh, college, it was really more of a bar scene in the yeah, early, early 2000s in Raleigh. It just wasn't, there were some clubs, but our crew didn't really go to it. I could, I would bet that you as, I mean, quarterback of the football team you know, maybe end up in a more of a like. You, I, I feel like you're more likely to potentially end up in a club situation than, say, little uh, frat dude. <laughs> <Raleigh>. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, some would think the exact opposite. Well, maybe so. Um,
1: I mean, there were you always- know, like, like you're saying, there was obviously some clubs that weren't really clubs. They're like college clubs, like back in the day. But yeah, when you go to bigger cities like Chicago you know that would be a couple of clubs you know you'd go to and have yeah. some fun at so yeah yeah
0: I mean I mean I, I shout yeah. out
1: underground Billy Deck, so, someone the house there in Chicago yeah hey, yeah some good times uh,
0: there. Uh, is it if you've been to the see, I'm, I'm really like I want my I love a like if you've got a I love going to like uh like to the Caribbean Caribbean I mean, obviously I haven't been in a while but if you find a bar with a dirt floor that's that's what Oh, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, That's I, there's not there's I, not much better. No, How much. Uh, oh, that
1: or like an old school Irish bar in Ireland. You know, if you yeah. find yourself over there, we're like, there like you Iowa. walk in. You walk in at like yeah, or or at Dublin, Ohio, you walk in at like nine a.m. and like people are already having a Guinness. You're like, okay, all right, this is socially acceptable. It's nine a.m., but here. who cares? I'm here for yeah. that.
0: I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get uh, on this episode. Obviously, it's a Brady Quinn football show. In the feed, we have a uh, Monday Night Football recap of that insane Raiders Ravens game. I actually think that uh, I actually don't think we did a great. I, I think it was a fun podcast. I don't think we did a that was ending was so bananas that I think we kind of did a poor job explaining what happened. <laughs> like it was it, it was hard to and I, as I was trying to say last uh, on the show on Tuesday, which came out on Tuesday, it was live on Monday night. For me, I was watching that man. I, I was like just falling. I, I couldn't keep stay away from the Manning broadcast. I, I thought I thought I had it thoroughly enjoyable. I don't know if you watch any of it.
1: And I didn't watch a second of it. I, I really didn't okay. care. I, I I mean, I'm sure like it was fun, it was great and all that good stuff. Um, I was I was more just trying to watch the game. I, I I'm not one of those guys who like needs to hear or cares about their opinion on it. Um I'm sure it was fun. I'm sure it was informative. Uh, I thought I thought the most interesting thing about that game, though, is I feel like I've been a Derek Carr defender for a long time, mm. and I just think the end of regulation spot, 37 seconds left, no timeouts, to be able to just get his team in a position for a field goal uh, and then get them into overtime, then in overtime be able to, not once, but twice, mm. pretty much come up with some plays to win the game, especially versus pressure, considering both those looks. I just – I never feel like he gets enough credit. I know they've got Darren Waller and John Gruden thinks he's the best player ever coached, which apparently he night forgot about target. Derek Brooks night, or night. John Lynch or Warren Sapp or all these other dudes he coached at one point. Tim Brown. Actual uh, back Hall with of the Raiders. Famers. Yeah, Hall of, famers. Hall of Famers. Yeah. Apparently he forgot about those guys. Um, but that being said, I mean, I just – I think Derek Carr's performance to me is one that they put all on his back. And he delivered and he's really kind of been that for that team. The defense was somewhat improved. Not really. Maybe they'll get better as the season goes on, but i never feel like Derek Carr gets enough credit for what he's able to do. And they really don't have a number one wide receiver. Like say whatever you want. Like Waller's a tight end.
0: They really don't. They just don't. It's not like they really don't. They just don't have a number one wide receiver. They have have somebody who goes out there and pretends to be a number one wide receiver, but they don't, they don't. I mean, it's Renfro rugs. Brian Edwards, and then Zay Jones out of nowhere. It's not a group of number ones.
1: No. And, and so it's, it's really impressive what they're able to do, uh, despite not having, like, the other option reliable. Like, there's no Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey there. It's just, like, they just have Darren <laughs> Waller. He's, he's just, like, that comparable to, like, Travis Kelsey and the impact on the game. There is that no other option. Maybe collectively all those guys equate to what Tyree Hill and Miko Hardman and some of the others bring, but it's it's, it's still, to me, not even close.
0: He was uh, he was, he was really good down the stretch. I thought I thought it was a really bad game for Gruden. Honestly, that he called. I don't think he called a very good game, and there were a lot of coaching sort of management mistakes. I mean, the, obviously the field goal at the end, but yeah. running it, on the Manning broadcast. I know you don't. I don't care if you don't care about it, but you know they, they, every time there was a third, like a third and or four, fourth and short, they're like, all right, don't run it up the middle against <laughs> Calais Campbell. And Then they would Josh Jacobs up the middle. And just Prah! it just felt like. Um, the funny thing about that, though, is, like, they can say that all they want,
1: but, like, Peyton said it even before on, on the Colin Coward podcast. He's like, I'm going to be a quarterback defender. I'm going to be a, a play-call defender. And reason being is you don't run that play unless you feel like you like your matchup up front. Sure. You know, you go into the game saying, we're running this because we're getting the look we want, we have the match we want, and we think we can execute on that play. And, and at the end of the day, you know, one of those plays in particular on the side of Baltimore, I think it was, what, a fourth and one where K.J. Wright it looped, looped back inside. Yep. And was able to tackle. Um, who was it? Was it Tyson Williams or was it Trent? Yeah. King? Anyway. Yeah. They, he made the tackle right in the hole in the backfield. I was like, oh, okay. Like, like that was that's just a good defensive call. Like, it's a perfect scheme for what Baltimore is trying to do. It's not you know necessarily bad coaching. It's just a better play call, and they executed. KJ Wright made a heck of a play. So there's a little bit of that going on. I thought the funniest thing, um, the funniest thing that I can remember seeing, and I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point it was the, um, the Raiders going no huddle, up-tempo. And they, like, rushed to the ball, and they shifted, and then they shifted, and then they shifted again. I was like, what do you, what what, do you what's do? the point of that? Like, yeah. like you're, you're trying to, like, get the element of surprise. You're trying to put pressure on the defense, get lined up, and then you're like, not even motioning, by the way. Like, there were <laughs> shifts that looked like motion, but then they have to get set for a second. But they did it three times. I'm like, okay, I've never seen that before. So, and I don't. Uh, want to I, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't really understand the point of that. I mean, I understand the logic behind it, but in that particular case, it, it wasn't overly effective.
0: Uh, all right, well, let's get to some week one overreactions, or what we used to call like hot takes. Like, I'll give a hot take. Oh and you, yeah. And you can decide if it's a proper or overreaction. And of course, we start. Where else could we start? Last week, you put Pete Briscoe in a body bag over this. Uh, the Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL, and Urban Meyer won't even finish the season because he'll be pl- hanging out in SoCal, hiring Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner to be his assistant coaches as the new head coach of the USC Trojans. Hot take, just right? Uh, it sounds like a hot take to me.
1: <laughs> and the funny thing about this is there's a, a few angles I'm, I'm going I'm to pick at. I think and from my understanding is if Urban Meyer wanted that job, he could have had it last year. Last year, maybe even the year before. Now, I do know that there was some hesitation on the part of the administration, in particular the president. And that had to do with how things ended in at Ohio State. But maybe now it's different in her mind because of jacksonville hiring him and if he's you know cleared by an nfl team then he must be good enough for usc or desperation at this point they feel like they need to go make that change and um you know one of their their board of of regents or directors if you will he's cleared and cut away some of the red tape of what is a bureaucracy there uh so they can make that sort of hire and have a strong personality as head coach that's going to take over more control like that with pete carroll Maybe all that's changed since then, and maybe that would change his mind. But I also think when you're someone who's been as successful as Urban Meyer has been, your legacy is in the back of your mind. Yeah. And regardless of what you do then at USC, if you choose just to call it quits after a year, like, that's damning. That, that's it, It's just damning. And, and I think good coaches are good coaches. You know, Nick Saban gave it what, two years? And then he decided to go back to college. Mm-hmm. I think if you would have had more time, things might have worked out his direction. I'd love to see if you went back to the NFL now. Um, I think you look at other guys like Matt Rule, who is off to a good start so far in Carolina in year two. Cliff Kingsbury, off to a good start now as he's – you know, and it maybe could be a prove-itself year, but they've got better, better, better. So are you telling me those guys can do it, but you're not going to give Urban Meyer the chance to? Like, really? Like, we're, we're going to act like – after one game, after one offseason, like he's just gonna say, I'm waving the white flag, I'm out, I'd rather just go to USC. And I'm not, I'm not even so sure by the way, USC is that easy of a rebuild because of how bureaucratic that institution is and everything else that you've got to deal with. So those rumors to me, like when people started throwing the name out around there, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, just kind of knowing what I know and, and being around what I've been around. But I also think it's full hilarious who said it, right? Like Mike Lombardi was one of the people. Oh, I got a text from a guy in the NFL. Do you know, you know who's most scared of Urban Meyer being successful in the NFL? It's uh-huh. every other coach that wants an NFL head coaching job. It's yeah. every other general manager or former general manager that wants an NFL head coaching job. Because what do those college coaches do? They bring those guys who are with them there in college with them. They're going to bring the people they know and trust to be their director of player personnel or whatever the case may, may be, maybe operations and all that, or their general manager, you know, if they feel like they can elevate a guy into that spot. So if I was someone in the NFL right now, what would my narrative be? Of course, oh, yeah, he doesn't want to be in the NFL anymore. Go back to college, way easier there, have success there. Yeah, and who does that benefit? I don't know, does Mike Lombardi want that next job in in Jacksonville? I mean, like, or anyone else for that matter. I'm just saying it's funny to me when I hear people say stuff like that because I'm always saying, well, who does does it benefit the most of Urban Meyer Leaves? That NFL head coach who who wants, you know, a, a head coaching job in Jacksonville, or that front office ex- executive who wants to be in Jacksonville.
0: I, I think you also hear a lot of all, not only say old school, but in the same range as Mike Lombardi types, you know, the guys who are now in, in the media used to be in the NFL. They just don't like the idea of college coaches being able to you know, say, like, Oh, you think you can just come here and like run your little college scheme. And, and that that's, that is a very pervasive attitude in these the older school NFL approach, which ironically you know, the team that's the, the the current would-be dynasty, the Kansas City Chiefs, are playing well because Andy Reid is open-minded enough to incorporate college concepts. Anyway. Look, look at the Eagles. Look at Nick Sirianni. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me that they didn't
1: essentially run what was the equivalent of a college system? I mean, we act like Chip Kelly didn't have success his first two seasons. And now looking back on that whole situation, I don't know how it's going to end. But maybe that was more Howie Roseman than it was really Chip Kelly getting in the or, way of their success. Or, I'm
0: just, or Chip Kelly, the GM, just screwing it up. And, and Chip Kelly, the coach was good. Chip Kelly, the GM, was just a problem. And that's not unique to college coaches. So, yes, I and I remember hearing when Chip Kelly was coming to the NFL, f- former GM saying, I mean, trust me, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to last. He going to up him a spit out. It's like, all right. Let's he see. won 20 games his first two years in the
1: regular season. Like, all right. I mean, um, people use his, his training schedule now more than ever. At the NFL.
0: Urban Meyer is not leaving after one week. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, yes, it's an embarrassing loss. No, he's not leaving. I, I just look at it too. And I'm like, he's not gonna get paid as much. I would assume.
1: I mean, I think you get paid more being an NFL coach. Uh, I still think you're in a better situation. Like I go back to that comment, whether it's Mike Lombardi or someone else, did you still have a ton of draft picks? You've got cap space. You've it's got Trevor ownership Lawrence. that you got Trevor Lawrence. You got ownership that just signed on to building a new facility and all this other stuff in Jacksonville. I mean, everything's pointing up in the right direction. I know week one didn't look good, but I mean, Lawrence showcased some of his skill. It's just that roster is nowhere near where it needs to be. And I do think they'll be at a better spot at the end of the season. So 100% hot take.
0: All right. Next up on the hot take, just right overreaction scale Aaron Rodgers returned. the 2021 green bay packers not to try and repeat as mvp of the the nfl but instead to serve as a trojan horse to come in and tank the entire season for the packers to destroy the entire franchise get everyone fired and take them down from the inside hot take or just right
1: Oh man, it, it, I would say yeah, on yeah. Twitter
0: though, people are like dead serious. I saw articles about this where people were, they're like, there's an interesting theory that people are throwing. It's like, they're not okay. It.
1: You are a legitimate journalist. Does it not bother you that people actually take the time to write an article about essentially conspiracy theory, but act like it's real, like act like he's really doing that? I, I wrote
0: I – I, 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 so I did an overreactions piece on uh, Monday or just like a, like a week recap or whatever. And I mentioned that as a as – basically as a way – you've seen True Detective season one, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. That was so the Aaron best Rogers, season, by the way. The, be, the best. Aaron Rodgers yeah. in his post-game presser and during that game looks like Rust Cole. Like he's <laughs> – he's, I, mean, he, I so all I wanted to do, I just desperately wanted to Photoshop, just to put them next to each other like and I'll text it to you in a second, but I wanted to put them next to each other and included an article, and that's why uh, that's why I brought it up. But I made sure to point out that's not a thing, that's not real. I am curious your thoughts, though, on like how does Rogers, how do Rogers and the Packers come out that flat? Is it is it sort of the lingering part of the offseason? Does that concern you, or is it just the Saints just came in and kicked their ass? I think
1: it's the Saints just came in and kicked their ass. Uh, I mean, look, Jameis Winston has everything to prove. Right. Um, that plays a part, I think, in the way he played. I think probably some of the players in that locker room I feel like they have some to prove because there's a lot of people, myself included, who got that game wrong. Who, if they have the season that it looks like they're going to have, they keep playing that way. I would be wrong then on my outlook because I thought without Drew Brees and that leadership that they're going to take a step back. I'm sure Sean Payton feels the same way. So I think that's a team that's playing extremely motivated. And with a chip on their shoulder to prove that it wasn't just about Drew. It was the team. It's the culture. It's everything they have built there. Um, And and I think Jameis has a lot to prove. Just was proving to people that he could be the number one draft pick he was meant to be. So uh, I think that was part of it. I think the other part is Aaron looked rust. It looked like he had taken off the entire offseason and, you know, went cliff diving in Hawaii or whatever the hell he did. Goblin um,
0: edibles and whatever, legal, whatever state they're legal in and gird his hair yeah. out. And, yeah. That's right. Um,
1: but, you know, it, it's that's, that's a part of it. He'll, they'll get better as the season moves on. But I, I do wonder if there's this lingering feeling. I mean, look, it's hard to get back to NFC Championship games. They've been to two in a row now. Will they make it back to a third? It's going to take him playing like an MVP, I think. You know, the one thing that became apparent was you have change in DCs, right? But it didn't matter. You still got to run on. And that was always the issue with Petton is oh, you know, they, they put in this small personnel, they running all the time. Well that that didn't that you know that changed and it you're still getting run on. So defensively I think they've got some issues too just the way they go about trying to stop the run.
0: Yeah, agree completely. I'm not worried about that offense. We've seen we've seen teams teams have bad games. Especially I sent you the picture by the way. That's the the, the Russ oh, Cole and oh. Aaron Rodgers picture. Feel free to take a look if you like. Um, I, I, will. I will. I was pleased with the combo. But it's pretty close. It's it's pretty, it's pretty close. It's pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't – I think – I guess the surprising thing for me was that I expected Rodgers after this offseason, after being – after everything he went through to maybe come out and just l- want to have a blow – instead of, you know, go blowtorch again. And maybe it was just tough to – you know, maybe after everything he went through, there was actually, it was like when he finally signed, he came back. It was that was the cathartic release, not the the weak one come out and, and go nuts. And the Saints were the Saints. We, we incorrectly ascribed the uh, emotions and motivations to the Saints. We, I, Oh, at least we and some of us thought the Saints might be bothered by having to deal with everything that's going on with at home. You know, you got all that stuff going on in your in your personal life with, with yeah. the hurricane and all that. And it turned out they they took all that and funneled it into motivation to come out and play hard. And, and Jameis said that after the game, that they played for that. So I'm not, I, if you had to give a panic scale on Aaron Rodgers, one to 10, 10 being, you know, freak out. What are you, like a two, one and a half?
1: I'm more in the middle, and and I think I'm more in the middle. I'm like a 4 or 5, and I think it's because, you know, when he talked about honestly contemplating retirement before the season, Mm. it it led me to, like, that, you know, there was a piece of relationship advice someone gave me back when I was – I think I broke up with my high school sweetheart, and it kind of said to me, you know, uh, when it first pops in your head that, like, you want to break up and you kind of see the end is near, if you actually think about it, Really like that, you know, halfway point of how long you've been together is about when that relationship started to break up. And so I just, I was thought in the back of my head, like if he's thinking about retiring, he really was contemplating that. I, I wonder if that hit him in a way in which he's contemplating it even now, or it still lingers in the back of his head, mm. whether or not he wants to do that. Because um, look, it's easy to want to do it when you're winning. And like you said, taking a blow towards the rest of the world. That's the greatest feeling ever. You feel invincible. That's the easiest part of playing football. The hardest part was him waking up Monday, watching that tape. It's usually never as bad as you think, but it wasn't good. And then having to deal with the bumps and bruises, everything else that comes along with it, and then getting prepared and ready to go again for the next week. And then hopefully that's a better result. But like, that's the tough part about playing football. It's when you get knocked down, it's getting back up, and then dealing with it for that next week until you get a chance to do it again.
0: Yeah, and if you are, caught, you know, if you're thinking about breaking up with somebody, if, if if you're like I'm, I'm ready to break up with somebody, that means like you say, you've been thinking about it. And So that it changes how you. It's ready. already over. Yeah, it, it changes
1: yeah. how you approach things. You don't care as much about you know certain things because you're already starting to like look, you know, at other things. That's why you're, on in the other side, like you're on the
0: sideline with your team losing thirty-eight to three, laughing. <laughs> you're like, you're like you're not over there, uh, angry. Uh, let's stick in the same game. Here's a, here's a, here's this is a legitimate hot take or uh, just right? Jameis Winston. Is an MVP candidate? I'm going to say just right, yes.
1: but I I do feel like, I know I, I think you bet on him for like a long shot MVP this year. Was that you? Is that one of your picks this year? Yeah,
0: I mean I I, I put it, it in I put it in after the week two preseason game and it looked like he was playing well and was going to get the job because if you have a quarterback who plays for a ten to twelve I guess it'd be eleven to thirteen win team, they win the division they can win MVP. It's possible. Sure, sure.
1: I, I don't I don't mind it as a long long shot bet. I think it's probably better suited now after seeing him week one, even though the odds probably have gone down a little bit, but he wasn't really asked to do that much. Um, he was put in that pretty advantageous situation every time they got the ball for the most part, you know, he should have had a pick. That was one of the worst rough in the passer calls I've ever seen. Horrendous. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know what you want the defender to do in that case because it wasn't late. He didn't fall on top of him. Uh, he didn't hit him to the head or neck area. Like it was as clean as it gets. So I don't know where they get that penalty from, but that negated an interception. And now granted it would not changed the direction of the game by any means, but his stat line would have looked different. And you would have been saying to yourself, uh, oh, he had that pick in there though, like five touchdowns. And oh, there's that, that pick like that's sometimes um, you know, how we, I think view him is we're just waiting for that moment where he's just going to have that three, four interception game or, touring a run back for, uh, for, for touchdowns, So I need to see more personally. Like I, I need to see him kind of battle back, like kind of the position Derek Carr was in, which like, if he can do that, then yeah, I'm, I'm all in, but I, I think, I think he's an MVP candidate now, Yeah, but
0: we'll so see. He is uh, currently 18 to one. Actually, ahead of Aaron Rodgers, who's 20 to one. I, If, if given the choice of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I Rodgers, would be
1: all over Aaron Rodgers right
0: now. That's right. Yeah. I might have to get some Aaron Rodgers in that. Uh, Mahomes still the favorite. Uh, another guy we'll get to, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford at 10 to one, Tom Brady 10 to one, Josh Allen 12 to one. That's actually not a terrible price. Dak Herbert at 15 to one, and then Jameis at 18 to one. So, I mean, he's. Dak's ah, 15 to one? Wow. Yeah. You think that's higher or low? It's kind of high. Like I, I feel he should be, you think he should be 10 to one or 20 to one, 10 to one. Yeah.
1: Like I, I think because he plays for Dallas, they're going to put up stats. We saw that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I felt, I felt that was, that was a team that kind of left me optimistic, even though they lost. Um, Similar to like the Detroit lions, like the Detroit lions and the way they came back at the end, I was like, okay, like now I get what Dan Campbell was talking about, you know, biting people's kneecaps or whatever. Cause those guys are still – they're still chomping at a bit, you know. Two minutes left, and they're down 41-17. They'll find a way of fighting back in that thing.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Let's uh, – hmm, I already want to go with this. All right. Matthew uh, – no, I know. The Eagles should be the favorite to win the NFC East. Hot take or just right? I think that's just right right now. <laughs> like, they were the team – that looked the most,
1: <laughs> they were, you can't stand up. i so excited. They were, uh, they were the team that looked the best out of everyone in the NFC East. I mean, I thought so. Hertz looked phenomenal. I thought he had great control of the offense, just the way he was operating it, uh, which isn't easy to do. Even the running game, especially when you've got some zone reads incorporated in some of that, or you're reading some stuff if an RPO game um, and their defense looked good. So, or maybe Atlanta just looked that bad. I guess we'll see as they play more games. They look like they could be a contender in, in, contender in the division. I'm not sure I'm ready to pick them over the Dallas Cowboys, but I, I would say it's just about right. I'd say you know Philly and Dallas are right there neck and neck.
0: Philly's now two and a half to one to win the division. Dallas is plus one thirty five. I think, and that's uh, you know part of that is because of the you know, the quarterback situation in Washington. What what this is this always and I, I think it's I think it's important to adjust your your perception of teams. I mean you don't want to over adjust early in the season, but you do want to take what you see on, 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 on TV and on film and, and adjust how you perceive teams. And I, I think I, I said, it, I said, was, I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, but I don't know. Sometimes people don't do that. Sometimes people write out their, their preseason biases three weeks in, and they're just like, well, I can't get these picks right. It's like, well, you're not watching football, bro.
1: No, well, I would say this. I mean, you know, it usually takes about the quarter of a season to get an idea of what your identity is. Cause you know, your game plan could change drastically. You're going to have your core 30%, 40% of your offense in every week. But then you've got that other like 67% that's going to be situationally, uh, and you know, going to be different. And that's where you got to be careful about making too quick of a judgment on a team based on week one. Because we saw Jacksonville win week one last year. Gardner Minshew played outstanding and then they didn't win the rest of the season. So uh, you got to be careful about that.
0: Yeah, I guess my point is that when I look at the Eagles, and and that game was on locally here, so I watched kind of the whole thing, uh, I, I felt like the thing that I'd missed on the Eagles was that they are really good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I, that's important. I mean, that, that matters. You can – and then I think Jalen Hurts looked like he – in this Nick Sirianni offense, which we didn't know what it would look like, they were ready to fa- They fashion it around him. Jalen Rager looks like he's going to be better this year. Dallas Goddard, you know, may- maybe Zach Ertz will limit him from taking a big leap forward as a tight end. But Devontae Smith looks like the truth, and Miles Sanders has got a lot of explosion. So I'm buying into that offense the way that Jalen Hurts plays. Yeah,
1: no, 100%. I, I mean, but he's got to stay healthy. That's the biggest yeah, thing. Sure. And then I think even beyond that, you know, I, I mentioned that about the Jacksonville Jaguars, how they looked we week one last year. It's like, are the Eagles closer to being the Jaguars from 2020? Or are they closer to being like a team that's going to be able to win the division at eight and nine or nine and eight? Cause that's usually how the NFC rolls. Right.
0: I think it's going to take 10, 10, wins to win the to NFC East this year. I think it's a little bit better than people think we'll see. We'll see on wins on uh, Thursday. I think
1: so too. But I think Dallas, schedule sets up for the better. So yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying the Eagles will definitely win it. Dallas, I am I am concerned about my Washington futures at this at this point in the proceedings. Uh, Jared Goff could have thrown the same number of touchdown passes as Matthew Stafford, or did he? He actually did, did he? Yeah, he
1: actually did. Yeah, he actually <laughs> did it probably a more.
0: I guess that's just dire. it's
1: right. <laughs> just right in tougher circumstances <laughs> with lesser talent. Um, yeah, I I mean. I don't know. I I, I watched what Matt Stafford did. I thought it was solid, but I also feel like Cooper Cup was twenty yards behind everyone in the secondary. I mean, I think Goff could have thrown that touchdown pass.
0: Or right, bigger, um, bigger concern for you from that, or bigger takeaway because to me the Bears' defense is the bigger concern. Oh if, yeah, like if their yeah. secondary stinks, teams are going to light them up, and and you can get their if you their offensive line and their secondary looks. It looks like those two things are like bottom 10, bottom five in the league. And if that's the case, they are not going to win a lot of football games.
1: No, they're not. I, I think they could take a, a dramatic dip. Things could be bad for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. If, if that continues. I mean, look, bottom line is, you know, Matt Nagy, the writing was on the wall when he got rid of some good coaches, you know, here he's standing. He's got a great reputation. I was shocked. <laughs> he let go of him. Uh, Mark Helfrich, who you were talking about creative offensive minds. Yeah. He's another guy you'd like to have in there. I just, you know, the writing was always on the wall for me when he started to move on from people like that. But I look at this group and I'm just like, man, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. I, I think I that think game was more telling the, the Los Angeles-Chicago game was more telling about, I think, how bad the Bears are going to be this year uh, than, than maybe how good the Rams can be, even though everyone in the NFC West is undefeated. But I just – I kind of came away like I get it. Like in L.A. and in New York, they're trying to build up two players. That's Matt Stafford and then Zach Wilson. And, you know, Zach Wilson lost, threw a couple of touchdowns, kind of trying to come back in garbage time. So be it. That's going to be a rough season probably. And then you look at the LA Rams. Look, Stafford's a great, great quarterback. He's on a really good football team. I'm just I'm – sure, I'm not sure how different Jared Goff would have played in that moment with that scheme. Like, it seemed like there was a lot of things wide open. Whether that's Matt Stafford or Jared Goff, doesn't matter.
0: I don't know that Goff – I do think Stafford is better – I don't know. Say more mobile, but he's better roll doing those play action boots, and it's, he just his feet are just faster, and I think he's quicker getting into those than golf was, and sort of rolling out on the edge. Yeah,
1: B- big difference too. Like we're talking about the difference in like what a four nine five or whatever it is. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not.
0: I'm not saying it's an exceptional difference. I'm just saying I think he fits. I think he fits those better. And golf's got a hose, but Stafford has a. Friggin' like laser beam shooter. I mean that, that, the bomb to me, to me, they're
1: see. pretty comparable. Like they're, they're pretty comparable. Like I think Stafford's got a better arm. He's obviously more experienced. Um I, I just, I don't know that he's any more dynamic moving, especially at his age than golf. Like I think they're kind of similar in that respect. So I, I don't know. I'll I just, I think the biggest difference is going to be how Stafford plays under duress or versus the blitz than golf. I think that's the one thing that I've seen Matt play more poised under those conditions than goth has.
0: Fair enough. Agree to disagree. You know, uh, Brady here is oftentimes has to go on set has to do a bunch of TV and, uh, the right outfit can make you pop when you're dressed the right way. And with Indochino, your best look could be more affordable than you think. Uh, we've all, you know, we've all been out, but it's, but we've all been out lately, but we've been in a lot too. So maybe, Maybe you, uh, you know, you got a bunch of dress clothes in your closet and you go up there and you're thinking, all right, I'm getting ready for this wedding that was postponed for a year or a year and a half. you like, you start to put on the, you know, like, I got to try this thing on. I got, I like, I'm going to a wedding on Friday and uh, you know, try it on. You're like, oh my goodness. Well, the, uh, the number of, uh yeah, you know, maybe eating all the food and the, you know, sitting at home all the time is not, uh, not treating my body perfectly. In that case, you need to, uh, you need to do what's next. And you need to uh, make the absolute most of the situation in this event by going to Indochino. And here's the best thing about Indochino when you log into their site, what you do, you know, backward, backward, like, Back when I was, I mean, I guess for the most part, you know, you, you get your clothes tailored sometimes, right? But a lot of times you just be like, I need a 16 and a half, five th- 16 and a half, 34, whatever your size is. I'm sure my size is different than Brady's. With Indochino, you go online and you customize every single aspect of your clothes. Like it's being tailored for you. You, you fill out your size, you know, your, your bicep size, Brady, Brady and I, same size, I'm sure, your shoulders, et cetera. Indochino offers, Indochino offers complete custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings. You create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $3.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is now open at Select's Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great fitting, personalized clothing. Find your nearest location at Indochino.com. And right now you get 50 bucks off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using code PICK6 at checkout. It's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com, promo code PICK6. All right, get to a few more things here. Rookie class, first week. What did you think? Who was the who were the best and worst performing rookies in this uh, highly touted quarterback class?
1: Well, obviously, it's tough uh, to throw Trey Lance, Justin Fields into that mix. They really didn't get many opportunities. I think when they they when they went in, they they did well. Or they executed what they were supposed to do. So um, you kind of have to put them to the side. To me, it was Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones had a strong command of the offense um, outside of that first fumble, <laughs> whatever that was, um, early in the game. Yeah, he, he played extremely well. I mean, he just has uh, – he, he's accurate. He anticipates. And, and to me, the thing that stands out is he throws with conviction. Like he has a strong understanding of where the ball is supposed to go, when it's supposed to go, and it's just seldom that you see that this early in a, in a rookie quarterback's career. But I also know this. I mean, I always felt that way playing in Josh's system. Granted, I only got to play in the preseason. Then, and I was, he was only with him for a year, but that's what he did for you. You know, he always made or gave you answers before the snap of the football. And, you know, hadn't even been with him before, like he would, you know, kind of explain to you, like, look, I played, I get it. Like it helps you play faster, more confident. If you have a better beat on what's gonna happen, at the snap of the ball, or you feel like you know, then you're anticipating what's gonna happen. So I think he's got all those things playing towards you know into in, in his advantage. Um, I really thought Trevor Lawrence, despite you know, the three picks and all that. I mean, he made some throws in that game. That touchdown pass to DJ Chark, holy cow. Like, I'm sorry, like, Zach Wilson's not making that throw. Like, he's just not. He doesn't have that ability. Like, was an absolute hose. So, um, you know, I I think both him and Zach Wilson are kind of down there somewhere after that. Uh, But really, you can only evaluate those three based on how they played. Uh, But I came away really impressed with Mac Jones. I I think, you know, I'm not really sure what the hell – Adam Schefter was talking about with that whole tweet about the 49ers trading up and something about Mac Jones. And none of that really made any sense to me because the 49ers, if they wanted,
0: he was saying that they were trading up to try to block the Patriots from getting Mac Jones, but then they, but then they
1: took Trey Lance. So it never made any sense. Like it was the most backwards illogical thing I've ever heard. But anyway, um, <laughs> maybe the 49ers should have looked at him because Mac Jones looks legit right now uh, in that system. I think he would have probably performed pretty well in Kyle Shanahan's system.
0: Uh, by the way, just a quick update to throw onto here. Uh, Raheem Mostert, who was expected to miss eight weeks for the season speaking of Kyle Shanahan's system, is now out for the year. He's going to have season-ending surgery on his knee. I'm curious your thoughts, because I feel like you know Kyle Shanahan pretty well. Um, Trey Sermon and Trey Sermon inactive and Brandon Ayuk nowhere to be seen. Do you think that was a coach? There's some buzz that there may have been. I'm just curious. I was very surprised by that because he'd been using Trey Sermon plenty, drafted Trey Sermon with a third round pick. Brandon Ayuk is a former first round pick who was explosive in his scheme last year. Do you think there was something off field or do you think that was actually football related? No, it could be a it could be
1: any one of a few things, right? It could be culture or off the field related, you know, meaning they had done something wrong and he's punishing them for that. You know, think, and, and that's missed you that, and they're
0: playing the Lions, he feels like get away with it or something. Right? Yeah, I, I
1: don't yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean that's that's on his discretion or that's how they handle things internally with those sorts of things. Um, you know, it might have been something in regards to game planning and not feeling confident in those guys picking up the playbook, but Brenda, Ayuk's been there, so that's kind of odd. Yeah. Um, You know, it could be something slightly or smaller, you know, injury related that, you know, again, I I don't know. I mean, nowadays with the injury report, you know, you feel like everything's out there, everything has to get reported, but Tom Brady had a knee surgery after the season. And I don't remember saying anything about his knee having issues. Not
0: once, not once, not once. So,
1: so it's like, I, it could be injury related. I don't know. Like nowadays teams seem to be able to hide things. I mean, the NFL hides things. I mean, what the hell's going on with Sean Watson? I mean, he's, he's inactive. But there's I – mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that, so.
0: Um, by the way, Trevor Lawrence, pretty crazy. First three-interception game of his life. Yeah. Also, the, I believe it's the first regular season loss of his life.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to go back to peewee or junior high football because apparently yeah. he never lost in high school, never lost a regular season game in college.
0: Nope.
1: So, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for him and, and for Coach Myron. You know, I, I do a radio show with, with uh, Lavar Aronson. And we always bring up a good point. Just kind of, He's great. Um, and, and he brought up a great point. We're talking about, like, you know, when you get to the NFL, like you basically have been the best player on your team all throughout your life. And, you know, for the most part, you've had success. Like, I mean, we were better every single year I was at Notre Dame. You know, we continue to build up to where we were from where we started. And so you kind of have this, like, idea that you're going to go win. You're going to go be successful. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like, dude, I don't know how to handle this. You know, like you're not accustomed to losing games very often, if ever, especially for some of these guys, Trevor Lawrence, never. So part of becoming a pro is figuring out how to prepare and how to really respond to losses or adversity, learn from them, improve and be better. Because it's not like in college, right? You pick where you go. If you're Trevor Lawrence, you go, I'm going to Clemson. Well, they happen to be one of the best teams in college football awesome like you hit the jackpot well you get drafted by the worst team in the nfl like completely different circumstance so now he's got to go into an organization that's really very rarely had success maybe when they first became an expansion team and mark brunel and you know all those guys were there fred taylor maybe back then when pete actually had hair you know um but he I, I just
0: is kind I, of terrifying by the
1: way it yeah. is but like he probably had hair back then so yeah. Um, but, but in all seriousness, like that's where you have to look and go, this is a, it's incredibly difficult as a quarterback or any other player to really be able to uplift everything to help overcome that, right? I mean, you look at some of the best quarterbacks. You know, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, they were winning before he got there. Tom Brady uh, with the New England Patriots, they had been to a Super Bowl with Pete Carroll, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Drew Bledsoe had, had made them competitive. They were a good football team. He took over and then helped them get over the top. So, you know, you look at some of those dire circumstances, it's really hard
0: to turn around a franchise
1: or organization. They have to have patience and you have to have the ability to persevere through all of it and hopefully stay healthy.
0: Yeah, it's not, it is, it is not easy. That's why you see these number one overall picks. Most of them lose their first game because they're playing for a team that was bad enough to get the first overall pick most of the time. Right. All right. uh. Let's let's take a quick run through some awards. And this is knee jerk reaction stuff. Okay. So okay. we're not, we're not okay. saying that. Okay. Like, like one week in, you you get, to, you know, you get to repick your MVP. Who would you pick for MVP? Like, not, not like who was the MVP of week one, but you're, you're, you're you get a My MVP. Yeah.
1: My MVP is Russell Wilson because he deserves it. Damn it. All right. He hasn't even gotten a vote after the way he started last year. They went on the road to Indy. They made that defense look pedestrian. And, and, and look, I, I get it. They were favored. They weren't necessarily a dog, but I think that had more to do with the speculation about, you Carson know, Wentz Wilson. and Quentin yeah. Nelson. Yeah. And all that. The reality is he went out there and balled. So I'm giving it to Russell Wilson. I kind of wanted to give it to Kyler Murray, but um, Russell's been doing it longer at a higher level longer. So I'm giving it to my man, Russ.
0: I think, I think both would be good picks. Uh, I'll go to Matthew Stafford just to, just to mix it up a little bit. But I think, uh, okay. I think oh, uh, Kyler Murray, if Kyler – is Kyler going to take that leap this year? I mean, it looks like it. Beca- and, and I didn't realize the
1: impact like A.J. Green would have with Hopkins, mm-hmm. where now it makes Christian Kirk like this really, really good number three option. And Rondell and, Moore is there too. Yeah, I was just going to say, if Rondell Moore pitches in. Like, they've got so much speed and ability, and Cliff can kind of just do whatever he wants scheme-wise. And with their defense, the way they're playing, yeah. Like, I, I think it's it's going to – he should be very confident about having the jump that I think he can make. Uh, and that one scramble play was just ridiculous. I, I mean, I, 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 you, you can't make that kind of stuff up. That's just rare talent, rare, rare ability to go do something like that.
0: I bet like the sprint right where he scores on the touchdown, I mean, maybe it was playing action, I can't remember, but he, he's like, if you watch it, he, you know, you know, when quarterbacks hold the ball out to let everybody know, like I'm, yeah. going, I'm going to get in the end zone, yeah. and I'm going to extend it, and I'm, I'm scoring. He does it at the eight and a half yard line, like he's not even, he hasn't even moved towards the goal. He's just like, whoop, and, and, and you're like, yeah, I mean, he's nobody's catching him. Um, no. all right defensive player of the year. So if you were getting a chance to read Chandler pick- Jones, Chandler Jones. I mean, by the way, I think I,
1: did I pick him? I think for this year, or did I say Garrett? I think I said Miles Garrett when we were talking about it.
0: Yeah, Chandler- we did our futures back Good pick.
1: But yeah, no, I mean, he absolutely abused Taylor Lewan. lawan said so publicly, but that was an impressive performance for yeah, like.
0: Taylor lawan pinned <laughs> the tweet. He pinned it. <laughs> <laughs> like, and man, it's worse when you go back and watch him. I mean, he got. I know.
1: He got tall. It doesn't get better. It's like one of those ones where like when you had a bad game, you're like, oh, I'll go back, watch the tape, see how I thought you, you come away. You're like, all right, it's not as bad as I thought. That's one that's just bad. You don't, you just, you, you throw that one in the trash.
0: Yeah, you sure do. Uh I'll go Derwin James. I think I think Chandler Jones yeah. would be the favorite right now, but I'll go Derwin just to to differentiate you a little bit. He I believe he had the highest uh PFF, uh pass defense grade. Uh even though even though he had
1: a PI, which was a BS call in that game.
0: Derwin whatever. changes that team completely. I mean, just he changed 100 Uh offensive rookie of the year.
1: I guess I'm gonna go with Mac Jones only because I, I feel like I mean they were right in there. They were right in it, and I do think he's got the stats. He's got everything else, so I'm gonna say Mac Jones.
0: I'll, I'll go Devonta Smith again to mix it up a little bit. Uh, you know, okay, it, it's gonna to be tough for a wide receiver or running back to beat out these quarterbacks. But Devonta, I'm, t- I'm tempted to dive back in on some some Trey Sermon because if Mostert's out for the year, Sermon's forty-five to one to win offensive. Hey, Sermon
1: hasn't even done anything yet, and you're already gonna take him as offensive rookie of the year. I well, thought we was just a reaction to Week One.
0: Well, it's. Uh, well, no, no I know. I I was saying that, like, I was saying, like, I. What do you think about Trace Sermon at forty-five to one? That's a pretty good price.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, you definitely sprinkle money on that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, a
1: ten-dollar bet, hundred dollars, depending on what you got.
0: About a hundred dollars. It's a big payout. It's a big payout. Yes, it is, Brady. Yes, it is. Uh, and then we have uh defensive rookie year. I don't even know who I was thinking about for this.
1: I uh, um. I mean, here's the thing: is I feel like I'm gonna say this often this year. Oh, I know who I'd say. Uh, Odafe Owe. After watching him Monday night, dude, that guy's gonna be a problem for teams. He was getting around. I mean, it's kind of like going back to his time at Penn State. They actually had a hard time getting quarterbacks down, but he was always moving guys off the spot, always getting quarterback pressures. He's gonna be a problem. He stands out. I thought Micah Parsons had an okay game, maybe yeah, start. True. Yeah. And then the guy who, honestly, I think you could give it to right now, but he's not going to have great stats, is Pat Sertan. Because he, no one's going to throw his way. Like he's, I think he's that good. Uh, so I might actually throw either him or Owe. Uh, I might give it to him right now based on what's happened so far or how they look look like it's going to go.
0: This class is uh, very tilted towards the offense. I mean, much better mm-hmm. offensive class than defensive class. But anyway. That's fair. All right. Another great Brady Quinn football, a Brady Quinn football show in the books. <laughs> uh, as always, buddy, a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. See you next week.